If you're like me, you can't get enough John Mulaney, and that's good. Because during the Netflix is a Joke Festival, John Mulaney is presenting a brand new show called Everybody's in L.A. It's six live episodes created and starring John that will stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. This is going to be an unconventional show with very big special guests. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A. debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time only on Netflix. Have you ever gotten ice cream from the supermarket and you scoop it out, but it just doesn't have that ice cream parlor taste? Well, guess what? Did you know you can find real, unbelievably creamy ice cream at the grocery store? Yeah, that's right. Tillamook ice cream is made with more cream, so you get smooth, dreamy scoops each time. I'm not going to lie. The flavors are delicious. And in family-sized cartons, I love their vanilla bean. Vanilla bean, to me, is the way that you judge anyone's ice cream. And their rich vanilla ice cream made with real crushed vanilla bean seeds is delicious. Or their Oregon strawberry. Oh, I love it. Sweet strawberry ice cream with ripe Oregon strawberry pieces. So, so good. Plus, you got to check out their mudside flavor. It's smooth chocolate ice cream with a ribbon of rich fudge and chocolatey chips. Oh, it's so good. I got to go get some ice cream right now. Plus, you know you're in good hands with Tillamook brand. They make over 200 different dairy products, and the brand is farmer-owned and led by dairy experts. Boy, oh boy. I love them all, and you're going to love them too. Whether it's birthday cake, peaches and cream, mint chocolate chip, banana split, or cookies and cream, there is a flavor for you. Find Tillamook ice cream near you at Tillamook.com. That's T-I-L-L-A-M-O-O-K.com. Hey, everybody. Just wanted to give you a quick heads up here. There's something we should all be doing. It's going to improve your life, make every day a little bit better, and that is... Eat more Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Yes, think about it. All the gurus, all the coaches out there, they've never said the words, eat more Reese's. I mean, that combination of sweet chocolate and salty peanut butter, I mean, this is something that brings other people and ourselves joy. That's why there's two in a pack. Shop Reese's Peanut Butter Cups now at a store near you, found wherever candy is sold, and often in my pantry, because I love these. A 30-minute deleted scene about laser discs. The annual salary of an LAPD captain and a phone call from Hawaii. All this and more on today's How Did This Get Made mini episode. Hit the theme. What's up, people of Earth? How are you? It is Tall John Shear. Here we are, 2021, brand new president, man alive. We are in it, and we are looking back <laughs> at a movie that I feel like is the equivalent of the last four years. Today, we'll be talking a lot about a gnome named Norm. Uh, we didn't think it was possible. It did happen. And now we have to discuss it. 
Um, we're going to get into all of your questions and uh, your omissions that we had about that film in just a little bit. But first, I want to give a shout out to Darren Keene for that amazing introduction song. Thank you, Darren. That was great. Oh, boy. I have not stopped thinking about Upworld or aka a gnome named Norm. Um, I will tell you this. I'm not going to tell you <laughs> the movie we're doing next week just yet, but the movie that we're doing next week also has two titles. <laughs> a sign of a bad movie when they can't decide on what the title is. Um, okay, what's the big announcement? Well, I think one of the biggest announcements is how did this get made? We are upgrading. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not the show, but the message boards. Okay, stay tuned because there is going to be a very big move from the Earwolf message boards, which have been run by some of my favorite people, over to a brand new, sparkling fresh, so fresh, so clean, Discord message board. I've been on Discord. I have a Discord account. Uh, I'll link to it in the show notes. Come join me. It's a lot of fun. Uh, But I convinced some of the heavy hitters to come over there because I think it's a little bit more accessible, and I believe it will uh, just continue to breathe life into this amazing community. So stay tuned for this big announcement. As soon as we know, we will post it up uh, on all of our socials and things like that. Um, just wanted to put that out into the world. Uh, also, just a reminder, I am on Twitch every Thursday with Rob Hubel, 5 to 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We're doing it up. Uh, also, Adam Pally and I do a show where we punch up your tweets. It's a lot of fun. Uh, so check that out at twitch.tv slash Paul Shear. It's completely free. It's not a big deal. Just jump on there. It's fun. It's like YouTube. No big deal. Enough of my yapping. Now let's hear from you because I know you have problems. All right, we're in the middle of a pandemic, but things are looking good. It's a brand new year, but things are also looking kind of crazy because we it just didn't change overnight. The new year didn't change anything. The new president doesn't change anything. It just says, okay, we're moving forward in the right direction. Look, I'm excited. I got my mom uh, able to get the vaccine. I should actually say that June got my mom uh, able to get the vaccine. My mom is over 65. I'm sure she'll be okay with me telling you that. Uh, and we got her in for an appointment here in LA and I'm relieved. Oh, I feel good about that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> revealing just personal things. Anyway, people, let me tell you this. You know me. I'm your Oprah. You know that about me. People say, Paul, you're better than Oprah. And I say, please do not devalue Oprah. She does amazing work. And you say, but I can't. I want, I want a Paul magazine instead of an Oprah. I go, you know what? Enough of this. If you want my help, it's easy. Just give me a call at the Paul helpline. He's helping you. He's helping me. He's helping everyone. He sees it's Paul's helpline. Thank you, Garrett Parker, for that. Uh, here we are, the Paul helpline. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a therapist. Am I right about how to solve your problems? I don't know. We don't get that much feedback here on the show. I'm going to say I'm hitting about 60-40. I am giving you pretty good advice. So look, take that to the bank. (laughs) I'm giving you a 60-40 ratio, which is better than most. I think it's better than most. Uh, and, And by the way, if I am helping, call me. I need that validation. All right, let's hear from Alex in Costa Mesa. Hey, Paul, this is Alex from Costa Mesa. Um, just had a big, many life decisions kind of converging at once and just kind of want to get your thoughts. 
Um, I currently am about four weeks away from my first child being born, uh, so very excited about that. Um, at the same time, um, I got a job offer from a very, very large tech firm up in the Bay Area, um, and trying to weigh that between my current position, which is trying to formulate a new offer, um, and as a result of the offer from uh, the tech company, and just trying to think about how to handle the situation. It's undoubtedly probably the largest decision I've ever had to make, and professionally would be a massive, massive um, step up from, from that perspective. But the timing just you know, almost doesn't feel right. We just bought a home uh, here in Costa Mesa, and we also have the baby on the way. So um, just a lot going on and just wondering how you deal with great opportunities within your career and balance that with your with your family life. Um, it's very intertwined, but uh, it can make the decision very, very difficult. Um, any thoughts or perspectives from your opinion? I'm sure you've had a lot of these types of opportunities. Um, and just curious as to your thoughts. Uh, hope you're all doing well. Thanks for everything you guys are doing. Uh, and have a great new year. Take care, Paul. Ooh, Alex, this is a tough question. Um, I'm going to ask you three questions. First of all, Have you considered the price difference between Costa Mesa and the Bay Area? I mean, it's going to be pretty, pretty shocking. In a way, you should just commute from Costa Mesa. Uh, No, um, that's going to be a big part of this. So how much money are you getting paid? Can you still have the same, uh, you know, lifestyle that you have? Number two, don't worry about your baby. And I say that in in the best possible way. Babies are malleable. Kids will go with anything. They don't know anything, especially when they're young. You can bring them around. You can do this sort of stuff. Not to say it's easy, but that's not going to upset the apple cart. And I guess my third question or thing to say to you is this. Do you want it? Do you really, really want it? Because if you pass up an opportunity for something that you really, really want, you will forever regret it. And I know that you just bought a house. I get that. But where do you see your career? Where do you want your career to go? Is this something that is a once in a lifetime opportunity? And you have to look at that. And obviously you have a partner and I want to make sure that that partner is also a big part of this decision. But for me, Whenever I have to make a big decision like that, we have to look at all facets of it and really decide what is best. And I will say that the child will f- will find its way, but as long as you and your partner feel like you're going to go forward in this, you can make anything work. You can sell that house, you can get a new house, but remember, you got to, you know, how much money are you getting paid? Where are you going to go? Is this part of the bigger plan? I don't know any of those details. Maybe your work comes back and they have an awesome offer, but will that make you happy? Will that make you feel like, oh, that's a great offer, but I'm still here. And that's a massive upgrade. A lot of things, a lot of things to juggle, a lot of things to think about, but just ask yourself in your heart, where do you want to go? And will I regret not taking it? Not because of the money, but because of where you want to be in the future. I hope that makes sense. It's a big decision. I do want to know what you decide. I feel like you may have already made this decision by the time you're hearing this, but I want to know, please call back. Please tell me what you decided because I'm going to tell you this. This is the best part of this whole thing. Whatever you decide will be right. How about that? Truthfully, it will be right because as long as you don't feel like you compromised, it's going to be the right decision. All right, next one up. 
Phil in L.A., what do you got? Hey, Paul, this is Phil living in L.A. As a fellow Long Islander here in California, I was wondering what you do for bagels. I'm simply dissatisfied with all the bagel places I've tried, wondering if you had any tips. Uh, pizza, too, if you can think of it. Thanks. Phil, you're talking to the right guy. All I'm looking for is good pizza and good bagels in L.A. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to websites. I'm looking around. For me personally, get to Brooklyn Bakery. Is it Brooklyn Bakery? Yeah. Early in the morning. It's on the east side, uh, like Echo Park-ish. Um, they have some killer bagels. I'm also going to say that a lot of my New York friends love, as do I, Yeasty Boys. It's a truck. They're great. Fun bagel. Good. Maury's. Very good as well. Um, I found that the New Yorkers that I know have a very different level of bagels. Like everyone has their own palate on what they want. I'm going to tell you this though. I ordered some Russ and Daughters. I love Russ and Daughters for Christmas. And when you taste that, you're like, yeah, that that's a bagel. That's honestly, that's a bagel. I met that guy one time. Russ and Daughters is the shit. It's great. You can get it delivered. Gold Belly is not an ad. I'm up in that gold belly, especially now in this quarantine, all the time. Uh, so when you really want to treat yourself, just send some Russ and Daughters to your house. It's not that expensive. I mean, or maybe it is. I don't know. It's not that expensive. It's You can do it. All right. Pizza. Another, another can of worms you're opening up here. I like prime pizza. I think that that's really good. Tomato pie, I think is solid. Uh, garage pizza, East side pizza place. Great. There's a place in Beverly Hills. I think it's called Mulberry street pizza. That place is the closest to New York city pizza I've had in LA. It is unreal, delicious by the slice, but I would never go to Beverly Hills to have pizza. Um, then there is another place. What is it? It's prime. And, oh man, I'm forgetting my other good spot, but you look online. There's a lot, there's a, there's a new range of pizza coming in. And if we're going to go back to the gold belly of it all, well, I'm going to talk about Chicago pizza. Now, Lou Malnati, which is great. I'm not a big Chicago pizza person, but Lou Malnati's come to your house. It's great. It's really, really good. Um, gosh, I can't remember that other pizza place, but those are some that I'll give you. Um, but get on the eaters, Google around. You got to do it. And you got to, again, what does your flavor palette say? I'm going to say that garage is my go-to because it's close. I'll go to Mulberry to get that New York experience. And then Prime is really is really bringing it in. Um, all right, next one up here. What do we got here? Matt in Illinois. Hi, Paul. This is Matt calling from Illinois. Uh, I was just listening to Adam in the mini episode talk about uh, his uh, distaste for uh, unreheated leftovers. And I wanted to add in that my girlfriend is firmly on his side and looks at me as if I am completely crazy when I eat leftover Chinese food or leftover pizza cold right out of the refrigerator. And I will say that cold pizza is actually superior to reheated pizza, and I will die on this hill as if my life depended on it. That's all. Thanks, Paul. Matt, no one's arguing about cold pizza. I agree with you. It's the best. Cold pizza, you don't heat up that pizza. Are you a savage? Putting it in the oven, I don't like it one bit. That's not true. That's not real. My wife, she likes to wrap up the pizza, put it in the freezer. No, 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 no. You leave it there. You eat it the next day. That's it. Cold Chinese food was, like I said, 
depends on what it is. Depends on what it is. It, it, uh, it's not in everything. It's not in every type of thing. But some things, yes. All right. Um, that is it for the helpline. Thank you for your calls. And remember, you can call me anytime, 619-P-A-U-L-A-S-K. That's 619-PAUL-ASK. Call it anytime. It's an automated number. You're not waking anybody up. You're not disturbing anybody. I appreciate you all. Phil, let me know how you try all those different places. Let me know what you think. And, uh, and Matt, look, you called to make a point about something we agree with. Anyway, um, did I say thank you to Garrett Parker who came up with that awesome theme song there? I did. I think I did. Thank you, Garrett, again. Um, you know, we love original listener songs. And if you want to create a theme for the show or any segment of the mini-sode, you can do that. Just send it to us at howdidthisgetmade at earwolf.com. Howdidthisgetmade at earwolf.com. Remember, just like our friends Garrett and just like our opening song friend Darren, you keep it short, you keep it sweet, and we love you even more. Um, We'll be right back right after this. Today's podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. I love Squarespace. I'm in the middle of trying to balance my business life and my real life. This work-life balance, it's tough. But Squarespace has been helping me by giving me the tools to reach my goals and have time to celebrate. That's right. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the guided design system of Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layouts to styling options, optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. You can accept credit cards, PayPal, Apple Pay. Plus, with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about. You choose your tone and enter what you need to get auto-generated perfect text. Anyway, I love Squarespace. I've been building sites with them from the beginning. And when I launched my book, I said I'm doing it all myself on Squarespace, and I'm very pleased with it. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash bonkers to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Here's the thing, people. Walmart Plus is the membership that saves you time and money on the stuff you'd expect, but also on the stuff you don't. Let me explain. Did you know with your Walmart Plus membership, you can save money on gas? Yeah, save gas while you drive the kiddos to soccer practice. Plus, visit your in-laws. Plus, venture into the wilderness. Plus, wherever you want to go. Because Walmart Plus also saves you time and money with free delivery. Perfect for ordering new remote batteries or coffee when somebody finishes it without telling you. And then, you know, eats all your snacks that you have stored in the back of that pantry for movie night. How dare they? Plus, you can actually even save on the actual movies with a Paramount Plus subscription. Stream Top Gun Maverick plus Mean Girls plus Jack Reacher plus so much more because savings is what this whole Walmart Plus membership is all about anyways. Members save on gas plus free delivery plus Paramount Plus, plus so much more. Start a free 30-day trial at www.walmartplus.com. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions, $35 order minimum, Paramount Plus essential plan only, separate registration required. When you travel, do concerns back home nag at you? Did you lock up? Did you leave a window open? Well, if they do, that's why you should invest in Simply Safe home security today. That's right. For award-winning security and peace of mind wherever you go, Simply Safe wants to be there with you by actually not going there at all, but staying at your house. Listen, Newsweek ranked it the best customer service in home security. Plus, it gives you whole home protection sensors to detect break-ins, fires, floods, and more. Plus, a variety of indoor and outdoor cameras, no contracts, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. I'm going to tell you this. It's worth it for the peace of mind to know that when 
when I'm on tour, when I'm out there in the UK, I can check in on my house. And with the time difference between LA and Europe, I loved having the 24-7 professional monitoring service in case something happened when I was asleep or, or not reachable. Simply Safe has given me and many of my listeners real peace of mind, and I want you to have it too. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com slash bonkers. That's simplysafe.com slash bonkers. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, while you are prepping for next week and you don't even know what you're prepping for, I feel like we can't move forward without looking in the past. Same way that I think a lot of us spent this week, you know, as we went to bed on Tuesday night, waiting for the inauguration on Wednesday. Like we look back at the four years. What do we remember? I remember I saw this. I actually posted this on my Twitter. This amazing, it's one of the best pictures of Trump. There's a great picture of Trump with like the exit sign. But this one is even better. It's when North Korea fired nuclear weapons. You can see Trump is at Mar-a-Lago. Everything is going crazy around him. Like literally papers are flying. And Trump is just looking down the barrel of a camera of somebody that was there. Like uh, she took a picture of him and he's just kind of smiling, looking so, I mean, it looks straight up out of The Shining. It is amazing. I forgot all about that because it gets mired down in all the shit that we have dealt with. I mean, even tonight, uh, as I'm recording this, uh, before, you know, bef- things keep on coming out. You're like, oh, right. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You see it all. Anyway, uh, I got lost. And <laughs> again, I'm getting into things. I'm opening up to you. Why? Because I like you. I like you that you're here. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you all. Um, oh, did I tell you, by the way, uh, two podcasts I was on this week uh, that I really liked. Or not this week, but uh, <laughs> Bananas for Bonanza, which is an amazing podcast. Both J- Jason and I have been on it. Uh, it's really fun. Andy Daly uh, is going through all the episodes of uh, Bonanza with uh, Maria Bamford and Matt Corley. It's a great podcast. Uh, Nick Pizzoletto uh, of True Detective Fame it's his favorite podcast, and it's pretty amazing. Uh, check it out. And also this week, I was on Three Questions with Andy Richter, which was also a blast. Uh, real, A lot of childhood stories in there. A lot of childhood stories. Anyway, um, all right, let's get into this. Let's talk about a gnome named Norm. We got to look back before we can look forward, and that's what we're going to do right now. Hit the theme. Corrections time for Jason June. Also some missions to Thank you, Uke Skywalker, because of ukulele, I get it. Um, all right, we have called through dozens of voicemails and hundreds of how did this get made message board posts on earwolf.com, soon to be on Discord. And we have found the best observations, theories, fact checks, and useless research, and we present them all here for you right now. By the way, on that Discord, you're going to be able to leave me messages or just write out message. It's going to be great for the helpline. Oh, the perfect. Um, all right, so uh, I'm going to just say this. The theme of this week's corrections and omissions can only be described, or I should say considered maybe disturbing. Yeah, these are all really fucking with me. I didn't want to go dark, but you're making me go dark. All right, when um, Casey pulls, this is from Catfish, by the way. When Casey pulls Norm in from dangling off a high-rise balcony, it's hard to tell, but I'm pretty sure he rips Norm's arm completely off. Maybe Norm, maybe gnomes can quickly grow new arms. What is this? And Catfish pulled a picture 
And yes, the arm is completely ripped off. And I don't know if that is like part of the mythology that we don't know. We're going to get into that in a phone call in just a second. But, or is that an error? Like, was that something that like, did Anthony Michael Hall do that? And they left it in because it looks so good as an action shot. I mean, there's a, I'm going to save this because I want to talk about this when I talk about our call. So let's put them together. Um, Droxus writes this. This film was written and produced by two-time Oscar nominees, Penn Demsham and John Watson. They were nominated for their doc short, Don't Mess With Bill, about an 84-year-old self-defense teacher and a live-action short, Lifetimes Nine. The next film they produced, Backdraft. Whoa, so these are doc filmmakers who made an action short and then backdraft and then they made this and Droxus doesn't even comment, just lays out the facts. Look, here's what I think. Honestly, truthfully, you, you go with the talent on this one and you go, okay, okay, okay. We're, we're backing the special effects. People are going to come here for the special effects and they're, they're going to be so good. It's sort of like Avatar, right? Avatar sucks. We all know it. But the technology it was delivered in was so good that you didn't care that it sucked. You didn't really focus on unobtainium or the horrible dialogue because the effects and everything were so awesome. And I feel like the thought was, let's get behind this guy. We know that this person is going to revolutionize puppetry in film. It'll be funny. It'll be for kids. It'll be for adults. We'll make a, a mint. They saw a bigger prize and they just misjudged it. And you know what? If I had to put my money on it before, I mean, but they wrote this. Wait, they wrote it. I just thought they produced it. They wrote this? <sighs> I got to watch that short. I got to watch that short. Lifetime's nine. And they produce backdraft. God damn it. That's a real enigma. That's almost as confusing as Norm's backstory. All right, Keelan writes this. A couple of things that you guys didn't mention. First, the strip club scene. Wait, what? I don't remember that. I feel like there's two versions of this movie. Um, For a gnome that his entire race depends on his quest, he was very easily distracted by those popos. And I think you guys mentioned puka and popos, but I think that you missed roundy. Kipuka is supposed to be a love interest or a girlfriend, and I think Popo's are boobs, and Roundy is, of course, the butt. Okay, well, this is another phone call that's going to come up in a second. We have a lot of definitions of poopoos and popos. Okay, (laughs) I'm already disturbed. I I warned you it was disturbing, and now I'm telling you that I am disturbed and recounting it. I'm living my trauma again. Uh, Keelan writes, lastly, I wanted to mention the voice of the gnome, uh, named Norm, is done by Rob Paulson, who is a very prolific uh, voice actor, having voiced uh, many a Ninja Turtle, uh, Yakko, Warner, and Pinky the Mouse from Animaniacs. Wow. And many, many more. Uh, The voice was fine. And I love Rob Paulson, actually. Uh, All those characters. All right, let's get into it. Uh, Joey in Hawaii, we're going to talk to your point, Keelan, about popos and pukas. Hi, this is Joey Brown from Hawaii. Um, I just listened to the Gnome Name Norm episode, and it's not something that you guys would have missed, but something that um, you wouldn't have known about. But popo in Hawaiian means like a round lump or a ball, and puka means hole. So 
I don't know if somebody writing the script knew that, but it sounds like they did, and it's kind of gross. Anyway, love the show. Have a good day. Joey, thank you for that call. I appreciate it. Now you and Keelan can duel it out. I don't know. I mean, so you're saying that it's a hole, like a round hole. So like where we're talking before, puka, puka is a hole, right? Or round. Popos are boobs. All right. So I guess he's saying the the puka is the butt hole. Ugh. Ugh. All right. Edwin. And La Mirada, what do you got? Please tell me you got something, something good. Hey, Paul, this is Edwin from La Mirada calling about a gnome named Norm. Uh, the bizarre thing was this creature could get shot at point blank range. The bullet will flatten out because I guess he's got tree bark for skin or something. And anyway, you can't kill him. He's super tough skin, but he can get knocked out by running into a window. Very bizarre. And um, I'm with you on this one, a very disturbing movie. I'm going to try to forget it as quickly as possible. Um, all right. This is actually a good point. I want to go back now to Catfish's point about what this body is. First of all, I think you're onto something about him being like a Groot-like character where you can rip off something and can grow back. I like that. Um, and look, no one's above a concussion. I mean, truthfully... <laughs> I think everyone can get a concussion. You know, sometimes a bullet, well, you know, a bullet, it might give you the effect of a concussion. You know, but he doesn't get killed by it. So maybe, uh, I just feel like, <laughs> I like, I like that. Like, if, like, if you had to like balance it all in the world, like, hey, you can't get shot, but you will get concussions if you run into things. I think I would take that. I would take that gamble. Um, look, clearly no one sat down and just, and this is the question that always happens. What are their powers? What is it? And I think a lot of people just assume like, oh, well, we'll get to it eventually. You're never going to get to it eventually. If, unless you lay it down, you got to lay it out for us. We're not that invested in this world. This is not like the similarion here. Um, all right, Ashley in California, what do you got? Hey, Paul, this is Ashley from California. Um, and I was listening to this episode on a gnome named Norm. And you guys were going on about how great Jerry Orbach is, which I agree. He is fantastic. But you forgot to mention probably one of his best and my favorite roles of his, which is the voice of Lumiere in Beauty and the Beast. So a little shout out to all of my fellow Beauty and the Beast fans and Disney lovers because um, he lends his voice to that character just um, so fantastically. Um, so yeah, anyways, love the show and hope you guys are doing great. Bye. You're right. Ashley, you're goddamn right. Uh, he is the best. And I forgot about that. I forgot he was Lumiere. Um, Trio Rock is the best. Oh my gosh. Uh, I love him. And uh, I'm glad you reminded me of that performance. I wish we had a little clip of it now. I'm not going to make Devin insert a clip, but just everyone picture for a moment. Yeah, that was pretty good. All right, back to the boards. Cameron H., what do you got? All right, Cameron H. writes, the biggest question I have about this movie is why does Jerry Orbach decide to steal the money now? 
His reason is simply, it's a lot of money. He's the captain, or he's a captain in the Los Angeles Police Department. I'm sure there are cases he can come across or dealt with that has much more money at stake. I mean, heck, there's probably more money and evidence than he could possibly steal. He says he's only been working 25 years, so retiring early and keeping the money sounds smarter than faking his death. I mean, after 20 years of service in the Los Angeles Police Department, if you contribute to a pension plan, your pension is like 50% of your monthly pay. For every year beyond that, it goes up 3% to a maximum of 90%. So after 25 years of service, he could retire and get 65% of his annual pay as a pension. He'd still be making about $104,000 annually. Thank you, Cameron, for finding out all this information. Wouldn't it have been better to keep all that money and slowly use it to supplement your rather generous pension? I mean, who's to say he wouldn't run out of that money he stole? Um... Really good point. I'm glad that we're talking about police officers' pensions because they're really good. They're really, really good. And I feel like, you know, again, we didn't do the research. And I'm going to now take the point of view as the screenwriters, uh, the doc screenwriters who made the short film and produced Backdraft. I'm going to say this to you. I'm sorry we didn't do the research. And I think it all comes down to that. I think you, you have a very solid plan there. I don't understand the motivations of any of these characters. Um, and, uh, and I think that probably would be the one note. If I could write that down, if one note can solidify anything, I don't understand anyone's motivation. Um, Giggy Tastic, how are you, Giggy? Uh, writes, are we not going to talk about this creature and its main form of attack, which is <laughs> biting people's genitals? I mean, <laughs> it has a lot. It has long arms, perfect for hitting, but but Norm seems to relish jumping up and biting people's junk. I was lying down for this motion picture, and each dick chomp made me wish I could lie down harder. I felt so unwell. All I know is I never want to see a gnome go for someone's crotch again. I didn't think about that, but when you said it, yeah, he's always going for the dick and balls. That guy likes... What is he like? Franks and beans. Is that right? That's what people call it. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Dr. Suicide. I like that. Um, this is all uh, shared a, an amazing video of all the attacks that Norm made throughout the movie. You can watch it on YouTube. We're going to actually um, we're going to actually put it up on our socials. Uh, but if you can if you want to just watch it right now, just search uh, Flip Kitty on YouTube. But we will put it up on our socials. Um, wow. This is amazing. This is amazing. So many great Q and O's, Q and O's, Q and O, Q and O's. No, C and O's. I knew something was wrong. People, it's late. Um. Anyway, uh, for me right now, for you, I don't know what time it is. Maybe it's early. Uh, there's so so many good ones here. I like our call from Hawaii, um, the most because it. It was said so matter-of-factly. So you know what? As a matter of fact, Joey in Hawaii, you are our winner. Yo, talk your shit. You win absolutely nothing. You win nothing. You win absolutely nothing. You win nothing. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. You get nothing. Please leave. 
All right. Thank you, Ryan and Marie Adkins. Uh, Joey, uh, you are our first winner from Hawaii. And uh, because of that, uh, you will win nothing. But that's not different than anyone who has won before you. The prize is always nothing but bragging rights. That's right. Enjoy your bragging rights. Go around, tell all your friends that you won on the mini episode because you were able to bring some of that sweet Hawaiian knowledge to this podcast. And even though Cameron H brought in some very good stats, by the way, I want to make sure that Cameron H actually did the right math and gave me the salary of someone at the time this movie was made and not just a police officer salary now. And that's why, that's why I am pulling over this way. Um, I, cause I, I, it feels high. Uh, anyway, uh, thank you, Joey from Hawaii, and we'll be right back after this. I recently went to the Telluride Comedy Festival, and I was sick and tired of staying in the same kind of cookie-cutter places, and I went on Airbnb, and I found a perfect spot for me and the family. We had an amazing time because we felt like home. Then I realized, wait a second, what if I could give that feeling to someone else? Yes! That's the best part. When you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. That's right. Many people host on Airbnb, but there are people who have never thought about it or didn't even realize that their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and you can make someone feel great and make a little bit of money too because we all need a little bit of money and maybe your talent or your gift to the world is having a killer place. So if you have a home, but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Here's something that we've known since the dawn of bread. Everything is better sliced. Let me explain. Slice a pineapple, you get a blast of fresh fruit. Slice some jeans, get some jorts. That's why the new Captain Morgan Sliced went all in on four bold, deliciously sliced cocktail-style flavors, including pineapple daiquiri, strawberry margarita, mango mai tai, and passion fruit hurricane. Try the new Captain Morgan Sliced because sliced is better. Visit CaptainMorgan.com to find sliced near you. Does not contain real fruit or juice. Captain Morgan Sliced, premium flavored malt beverage with natural flavor and certified color. Captain Morgan and Co. Plainfield, Illinois. Please drink responsibly. 21 plus. I was traveling with my kids. We stopped to get breakfast at Shake Shack. And my kids said, Mom said we can have milkshakes. And I was so tired. It didn't make sense to me. But I was like, if June says the kids can have milkshakes, I'll get them milkshakes. I got them milkshakes. June's like, I never said that. And you know what? I felt ripped off. I felt ripped off by my own kids. And that's the feeling I don't ever like to have. I never like to get ripped off by anyone. And that's why Harry's started their company of Harry's Razors, because they saw customers getting ripped off by questionable products in the shaving industry, and they decided to do something better. That's right. They decided to do a razor that had a great price, high customer satisfaction, that had a no-risk trial, and they have other self-care products that meet the same quality standards as their razors, okay? I love the body wash, and they have deodorant that smells damn good. I gotta tell you, I love these razors. They are perfect, and now I am a paying subscriber. That's right. So do not settle for the status quo. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3. That's right. Go to harrys.com slash bonkers. That's harrys.com slash bonkers for a $3 trial set. Okay. Uh, welcome back to the mini episode for Upworld and Gnome Name Norm. Uh, before we move on, I wanted to read a fan email from Zach Falla, who really uh, enjoyed these blockbuster laser disc talk that I had at the top of last week's episode. And Zach writes, 
I was listening to the most recent episode of How Did This Get Made, and I was happy to hear another story from your time spent working at Blockbuster. I remember in the past, you mentioned that specific Blockbuster you worked at was located in Syosset. True. If it's one I'm thinking of, located on the corner of Jericho Turnpike and South Oyster Bay Road, then it is the same location that my parents would take me to as a kid. It is. Oh my gosh. Look at this. We had a crossing. We This is, this is our crossing, Delancey. This is our... What was that movie with Gwyneth Paltrow and the subway doors? Anyway, uh, also, if I'm right about the location, then I also remember the Laserdisc store that you were referring to, which I believe was called Laserland. It was. My dad had his own collection, probably not as extensive as yours. Hey, mine was not extensive. It was solid, but not extensive. I mean, I I was a kid. Uh, And I distinctly remember him taking me to that store to buy a copy of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze. Anyway, I just wanted to say I really enjoy... And you bring up your time at Blockbuster because it really brings me back to a time when I was a kid searching for movies that my parents would let me rent. Uh, I'm so glad, Zach, that you liked that conversation because um, a lot of people wrote how they liked the Laserdisc talk. And um, we cut a full 30 minutes out of the... <laughs> we cut 30 minutes out of the last episode. Um, and if you want more Laserdisc talk, get ready for it because... You got a 30-minute chunk of me, June, and Jason talking LDs. Take a listen. This is the midpoint. I have a beginning and an end to it. Wait, can Whoa. I ask one question? Yeah. Why didn't Blockbuster rent Laserdiscs? They did. Some did. Some Blockbusters did, but not all. Yeah, That's, because that's how a, I know Laserdiscs as like a section in a rental, like a store, yes. you know, a, a Blockbuster or a Hollywood or a, any of those kind of whatever video rental stores. Yeah, it, there is a, <laughs> it is, it was a, it was a failed, it was a failed technology on many respects because uh, well, again, you had to flip laser discs, and then the higher quality laser disc player would have a, a laser that would actually flip inside. So those are actually bigger because then the then the the laser plump on the other side. Um, they were but, more expensive. They were higher quality than VHS tapes, but they were thus more expensive. So they were considered yeah. like audiophile or videophile tech. Like it was, ex- they were prohibitively expensive as were the players. Well, this is my, how my laser disc story begins, which is. Again, we haven't started it. Um, I can't believe we're still in the beginning <laughs> of the, the, we're getting it. June, we're finally getting uh, it. We're getting my, the laser disc story. My dad, my so. And by the dad, way, Paul, I think your laser. What I know about your laser disc story, that in your mind, in your story, it ends before I think it actually does. Because again, I remember laser discs in two thousand and five. <laughs> I mean, two thousand and five makes no That's the coda. sense. I don't want to. Di- I don't want to dispute it. I want to get into a fight with you, but it makes no sense. Did you maybe have-, have some in your apartment in New York just as like fond remembrances? I definitely kept that Star Wars one. Absolutely, well, okay, because so there that you one traveled. That's what I'm saying. You're the only man I had dated at that point who had the laser disc, and it was okay. notable. I didn't just and make that up. June, was it so significant to you that that, do you feel like that is perhaps like woven into your love story with Paul? Like, it is, because I remember I thinking believe, like, wasn't there, it there in were a couple vows? of things about him that I <laughs> fell in love with immediately. He was oh. super organized and neat. His apartment was so cozy. I wanted to be there all the time. Thank you. And it was so warm. And uh, he had a laser disc. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. 
my gosh. I, well, all right. So I just picture you at brunch with friends being like, <laughs> I've met the one. Cozy apartment, uh, organized, laser, laser disc, disc collection. And ladies, I remember multiple laser discs. And ladies, a story to go along with it. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> but by the way, you would also be remembering like a giant tower of CDs and DVDs as well, because I did. I remember a, very... a CD tower, yeah. But those uh, everybody had CD towers at that point. Um, you know, one day, Jason, we're going to get into your card catalogs, and then we're really going to break down stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the um, so the like look back on it now, and it's so sad. I you know, look, my dad was a single man for a very long time, and and I always felt like he didn't have, you know. So, like he always was buying great gifts from me and I always wanted to like reciprocate that. So I had, you know, whenever I was working as a younger kid, like younger, this is pre high school. This is probably like sixth grade. I would work for my dad on the weekends and he'd pay me like $20. That was illegal. Uh, you know, yeah. And off the book. So luckily, oh, store I, by here the way, anymore, I so did the same. The uh, <laughs> so, you know, he would give me 20 bucks here and there and I would save it up, save it up, save it up. And then one year I got in my head. I was like, I need to buy my dad a Laserdisc player. So I remember oh taking God, all this, the money is, that is I saved up. Is this story going to make me, is your laser uh, story going to make so me So I cry. saved up my $650. Wait, is this like an <gasps> O. Henry story where he sold, he, he sold his TV to buy you? Well, this is the thing. Like, I, it, it is very much O. Henry without the reciprocation. I, so I had brought like all my $20 bells. A quickly to, outdated piece of technology. Yes, I brought all my $20 <laughs> bills to the Wiz, which is like an electronic store. Nobody, and, nobody and, beats and, it. Nobody beats the Wiz. And, you know, went there and like <laughs> sussed it all out with the, with the guy and, and just paid for it. And I bought this big, beautiful laser disc player and then gave it to my dad. Like that was, that was the gift that I gave my dad as a, oh, a nice laser wow. disc player. That's um, ama- that story is incredible. It really is. Did you also buy him a disc? Was there a movie? I couldn't afford that- it. I couldn't <laughs> afford the disc. Oh. I kind of, I kind of, I think at that point it came with one like it came with a disc, like it came with like you buy a laser player, movie, and we're gonna yeah. throw in one movie. And so I was able to pick the one movie that we're gonna throw on top of this six hundred dollar piece of equipment. What six hundred dollars? But that's oh, yeah. what I mean. I can't like, believe you spend that money as like a twelve year old. That's like yeah, I, oh, yeah. That's, as a gift. As yeah. a gift to like to, to give your dad something. I mean, that this is, is like this so this generous. again. This is the laser disc man I fell in love with. This is <laughs> <laughs> well, then, if you want to know the end, well, maybe I'm talking too much about my laser discs. Uh, maybe we should talk about the gnome. Im- impossible. Uh, the gnome named Norm. Impossible. Um, the the but, audience uh, has been waiting for this story for 10 years. All right. Well, then I will I will quickly wrap up and say that the end of my laser disc collection happened roughly around high school because what I remember is I had gotten into some weird dumb thing i pulled a prank with this really popular kid and embarrassed him pretty badly and he was a kind of a violent dude and um uh <laughs> it oh, by turns the way, dark so quickly by the way okay, um go Mo- ahead. molly molly just wanted to text us that six hundred dollars in 1988 uh was about uh one thousand three hundred and twenty dollars right now so that's wow. uh that's the uh, <laughs> the amount of money that i was spending so um so this kid was kind of like a, a tough bully kid. and But I was also popular, too. So I wasn't like a nerd that pranked him. I was like, I just kind of like embarrassed him publicly. And it was a runner <laughs> throughout high school that I would embarrass this kid who was an asshole to other kids 
A lot. Would you embarrass him in the same way? Was it a, was it the same joke? Was it like no, over and over No, it was and always again? different. It was always okay. just like, it was always kind of shitting on him in a public way. And uh, <laughs> and he was this kid who, you know, when I would do it. So it you was were like, somehow simultaneously this incredibly sweet boy doing a generous thing for his father while also being a bully to this <laughs> asshole kid? Yeah, it was sort of like, you know, like this kid was like a dick. And I was like, like, this is a kid who literally would throw uh like other kids in garbage cans. Like like I'm talking about oh like like saved by the bell level, like I never saw that like until I saw a kid literally fall into like be positioned into a garbage can. So this kid was an asshole. So anyway, I had done this prank on him and his actually his mom. Uh and uh <laughs> You pranked him and his mom? Or you just pranked his mom? I pranked I meant well I don't know. Like I'm, I'm, look, Paul, I'm before say- you continue, has the statute of limitations expired on whatever this prank is against this mom? Yeah, well, first of all, I think that the prank was better in my mind. Well, look, I'm gonna tell you the prank, it's not that bad. And uh the reaction to it as I look back on it is insane. So we were all at a uh, a house party. We were all at a house party and um and and we were all like, what should we do? We should make a prank phone call. So I called up this guy's house. I'm going to use a different name. Um, and uh, and this woman picked up the phone, who was his mother. And I said, hello. Uh, I'm changing the name again. Hello, Mrs. MacArthur. And she's like, yes. I go, this is the police. Uh, we have your son, Jerry, down here. Uh, you got to come get him. And click, hung up the phone. Not like, like if I got that phone call right now, I'd be like, that's a... That's a prank call. Like that's not <laughs> sure. right. And uh, and we all laughed, ha ha ha, you know. And uh, and then the next day, uh, there was a knock on my door, and uh, this kid showed up with like four friends to like kind of beat me up. They're like, "You told my mom I was in, you know, I was in jail, and what, you know." I was like, uh, you know, and so. <laughs> so he and I like he was a like one wanted to fight me, and he and I like. <laughs> we're ch- chatting it out and talking it out. And so, uh, because my parents were home, I was like, using let's go your to the, words. I was like, let's go to the back of the house. And we'll have a conversation. So we go to the back of the house and, um, Holy shit. I'm so nervous right now. <laughs> we go to the back of the house and we're having our conversation out back. And then, uh, and so then <laughs> it all resolves itself. I go back home and the school year goes on. And, uh, and this kid comes up to me, one of the tough kids that was behind this guy, who we we kind of become friends as the year had gone on. And he's like, hey, man, uh, I want to tell you something. I was like, yeah, sure, what's up? And he's like, uh, I, I have all your laser discs. I stole, I stole them from you when you went to go talk to your friend behind the house. And I was like, what? And he's like, I didn't realize they were gone. And he's like, I got them. I'll bring them in tomorrow. So he had like stolen like a handful of laser discs uh, from my house and then gave them back to me. But six months later, I'd never realized that they had left the Did house. Did he even. even have a player? No, of course not. Of course not. <laughs> so pedestrian. Had he done a player. generous thing and bought his dad a, a uh, laser disc player? <laughs> I'm amazed you hadn't even noticed they were gone. Well, that's what I'm kind of amazed. When I yeah, when did you, you weren't that, doing that all night blockbuster inventory on your. You're own. not a good collector. Yeah. I before I go to bed every night, I go through all of my records. <laughs> I make sure they're all in their uh, slipcases. Uh, yeah, 
you got to make sure they go to bed too. Yeah. So that was like, that was the, uh, that was really the moment. And then I remember the final, the final moment of my laser disc thing was, uh, I think I was on best week ever at this point. And I decided that I would, you could buy my laser discs and, uh, they would go to charity. So anyone who wanted to buy my laser discs, I would, uh, I was around for that, Paul. Oh, were you? Oh, yes. you're right because we went to that that eBay place. Okay, there you go. Wow. We went to that eBay you. place. That eBay we place right by your house. Out. Yeah, we there we go. Yeah, okay. It out. There we go. Okay, yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, you were right. Please you were don't always ever right. erase me from your laser disc story <laughs> again. <laughs> so June, the laser disc June, story. To be fair, June, you only make an appearance at the very end. But the very end. The, you're the a, Marvel. You the Marvel poster. It is with. It's a with June Diane Raphael. Well, I mean, and I like where I appear, okay, when we're saying goodbye um, to an outdated piece of technology and and for for a good cause. For charity, for charity. We raised money so people were buying my old my I I like where I I enter the group chat. By the way, I wish we could be auctioning laser discs off for charity right now. I wish we (laughs) still had them. (laughs) The closest that we have right now is that we're raising uh, money for... uh, uh, for food banks on uh, with our Transformers Two episode, which is oh uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so. That's that's you know what, good point, Paul. That is like a laser yeah. disc. It is a virtually you can go and purchase the quote unquote laser disc episode <laughs> of uh, How Did This Get Made for a charity donation. The there Transformers Into the Dark episode. Was that a tough moment though when you realized like oh these are all going the way of the dodo bird? No, because I had already jumped into another piece of technology, which is uh, DVDs. And then, you know, I'm always the person who's diving into the wrong technology head first. <laughs> like, I'm like, get me a Neo Geo or like, get me. Wait, did uh, you do HD DVD I first? I was just about to say it. Yep. Yeah. HD DVD. I got the, the adapter from my Xbox to play HD oh. DVDs, which seemed to be a better. I was like, I'm betting on this because well, I think it's Xbox like Betamax. <laughs> yeah. Betamax was a better version of VHS, but it was backed by the wrong people. Yeah, same with and, same with HD DVD and uh, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, I had my knocked up disc on HD DVD. My Peter Jackson King Kong on HD DVD. I remember going wow. to the the Best Buy here in Los Angeles, being like, God. And when they were going out of business, I was like, Let me buy more of them because. <laughs> Uh, I can build my collection. That's what I used to do with laser discs. I you would had search... laser discs too, Jason. Yes, but I would wow. when they were wow, already wow, wow. obsolete. Yeah. When it was like not in my youth, I started doing it later in like college and my twenties because you could buy someone's whole collection of laser discs wow. off okay. of eBay for like fifty bucks, and you could have suddenly you could have eighty movies like in two auctions, you right. know. Um, but then. The the hard part for me became it was easy to amass a collection of laser discs, but to find and maintain working players because they just weren't being manufactured yes. anymore was mm. absolutely difficult. So I gave up on it pretty quickly because they are still beautiful uh, transfers. And again, like that yeah. Star Wars one, the reason why I sold it at the end of the day beautiful was I was like transfers. Oh, I mean, yeah, from the original. Well, Prince the crit- okay. So, June, do you know what the, you know what the Criterion Collection is, right? I've heard of it. Yeah. So the Criterion Collection the began channel. as laser disc collections. You yeah. know, like Hi. as high end transfers with extras. And you know, and like the extras that, were I things see. that you couldn't okay. find anywhere. Like the Ghostbusters Criterion was amazing. They had like this whole like. For me, it was like blowing my mind. You got to see these two characters that like 
Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd did that weren't in the movie. They're like these two homeless guys that were going to be like a runner and ghost. Oh, oh, it was the best. Having that like criterion. Oh, I love it all. I love it all. (laughs) So a gnome named Norm. (laughs) Like, can you imagine a world in which you can't stream anything, right? Oh. Like, that's what people, that's what or you watch young like people listening. Or, yeah. Like, right now yeah. you can type in, like, Ghostbusters, like, commercial, and you can see, like, an original commercial from 1984, but to see oh. it on a, a DVD was like, what? I, I, this is yeah. what it was like when you were in the, you know. <laughs> I mean, I do, TV. I have to say, I do miss the experience of, like, going out to to rent a movie. Like that was also it was a part of it was such the a part of the night, you know, such a part such of the night. Part of if the you night. were gonna hang out with friends, yeah, yeah, and you <laughs> I miss being the person to facilitate that rental. <laughs> you miss being the person who's asked, "What's a good movie I haven't seen yet?" No, by the way, I don't know if I've just like elevated your position at Blockbuster, but I feel like I remember my Blockbuster at where when you would go. To the, up to the checkout, and there was mm-hmm. all Blockbuster did a great job of like having all those snacks too as you leave yeah, yeah, to yeah, checkout. Like some great, you know, full size Twizzlers, full size M and M's, like great movie snacks. But I'm remembering that the actual um, cashiers, like the Blockbuster workers, mm-hmm. sorry to call them cashiers, Paul. No, we were CSRs. Okay. We're on like an elevated customer service representative. <laughs> okay, we're on like an elevated platform. D- don't worry, right? I was at the same at the same time. I was a sales specialist at the Gap, so don't worry about <laughs> it. Sales specialist. But am I remembering that right, Paul? That everyone um, at we were like, in. What, you, you guys you were, were higher in, up on some sort of platform. Um, Stat- there status. was a there was a kind of a, a Star Trekian kind of yes! base station built around us. We were not Ugh. elevated. Oh, we actually might have had like a small like half apple, uh, a, a apple <laughs> box, which is a, a, a yeah, which is whatever. a term that everybody knows the measurements of. <laughs> I know. So we can just we can just breathe I right. Know, like, I'm like no, I'm gonna just grab an apple. Just box. a half apple, maybe a quarter apple. It's it's fine. Let's not let's not let's not you, define it you, for anybody. You needed a half apple. So uh, this is like a certain term that you use on set. Like there's an apple box sometimes. Uh, don't worry about it. Anyway, it was a small little elevation because it was the counters were high and sometimes you would have to bend over a little bit. And if you didn't have slight elevation, you couldn't uh, you couldn't have that. You like, couldn't uh, look down people's shirts. As yeah, easily. of course. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I'm remembering like it felt like there was one person at sort of a lookout point. Well, there was always the greeter at the front door, where I got like a Walmart thing. And then there were like, so we had like two base stations. We had two roamers on the floor. We had two people in our front base station and we had our manager and his, you know, like, so we had like a, we had a very interesting setup, but it was always like a, a, you know, there was always a functionality to it. Yeah. Did you ever have anyone like try to shoplift and run out with one? No. I mean, you were, you I, you were know, the I, only one stealing from Blockbuster. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh, you know what? Actually, what? That's not true. I do think we caught a shoplifter one time. But it's, you know, it was, but we had so much security that the, the alarms would go off. Uh, so it it's wasn't, such a, it was, yeah. it's such a low stakes thing to try and steal, you know, yeah. I wouldn't, especially I when every one of those new releases, like 25 days later, were like $9 right in the front of the right. store too. It's like, you're not going to get that much turnover there for, uh, you know, whatever you're selling. Um, I will wow. say, uh, yeah, like there was a, you know, and I've talked about Natalie Portman being one of our clients. <laughs> Clients. <laughs> Clients. Clients. 
Did wait? Was she known at the time or no? She was just oh like yeah, a... she had done beautiful girl in the professional. Yeah. Oh um, wow. Yeah. So she oh, like she grew we were up on like Island where Paul and I grew up. Yeah. yeah. So it was and you know I knew her real name because what that you know Natalie Portman was not her name under a blockbuster account. So that was like <laughs> we had that we had that connection. Oh, you had that juice. Either by like, the way, no, I know her real name. <laughs> I was telling when we did a, we did a, a, a <laughs> well, this is not, uh, the other person that came in was Play from Kid and Play. Uh, he also lived in the same area. So that was wow. very exciting. Yeah. And I got him to uh. sign my copy of Pajama Jammy Jam. <laughs> <laughs> House Party 3, Pajama Jammy Jam. On Laserdisc? No, uh, on, reg- on regular, <laughs> on regular v- uh, VHS. And as a matter of fact, when I was doing... <laughs> The house party episode of Unspooled, and we had Reggie Hudlin, uh, and when we had Reggie Hudlin on the show, I was like, I think I still have my house party three pajama jammy jam thing, and so I brought it out, and I saw that Play signed it, Kid and Play, and I brought it up to Kid because Kid was on the show. I go, Kid, do you realize that Play signed your name at your name and his name? He's like, yeah, that's what we used to do. Like, so he. Whoa. So I have. Yeah. So uh, I have. Yeah. That is incredible. Well, you know, I I think I told you this, Paul, but every time I would go out with like my girlfriends or, you know, my dad would take me to Blockbuster. My mom would be like on the couch in an like covered in an Afghan and scream out as we were walking out the door, get me a mystery. (laughs) (laughs) And I'd always have to get like whatever I wanted. And then also one mystery mystery. for my mom. Your mom, my favorite story about your mom is your, um, your sister was recuperating from some, uh, from some operation and your mom was out here keeping her company and, she got a thriller and a mystery and it was, oh, J- yeah. and it was Jason Bourne. Jason you want to remember this? Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, so like Jason Bourne and like they were watching it together and, uh, and you know, this is your mom never seen Jason Bourne and it was like a sex scene in Jason Bourne and your mom's like, well, I didn't forget that. <laughs> you don't think Treadwell erased his ability to know how to fuck? <laughs> Well, Treadstone. Sorry, Treadstone. Just, uh, Treadstone. Uh, just, uh, just, uh, my favorite. He's like, whoa, whoa, that. whoa! What's happening to my dick? <laughs> what is this? I don't know what this is. I'm freaking out. I'm Jason Bourne. They erased my memory of how to get a heart on. <laughs> By the way, June, I, I, I probably embarrassed June recently because I think I pulled out my another blockbuster memory, which was the cast of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids came to my local blockbuster and I got their, all their autographs. What? So I have that still on like, I, I think I showed that to you a couple weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I don't remember that. Bl- blockbuster no. video is so, so comprehensively woven into the fabric of who you are as a young person. Oh, it's I'm in incredible. the documentary about it right now. There's a documentary called like, The Last Block. <laughs> yeah, it just came out. It's called like The Last Blockbuster, oh, like oh, last oh, month. Okay, okay. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was me and a bunch of like people who worked there. Like Ioni Sky worked there, and like she mm. talks about her stories and uh, Kevin Smith and like all. Like, it was a real rite of passage, you know, because oh, we didn't have the cool w- stores. My you know? town was so small, we didn't have a blockbuster. We didn't have anything really until someone opened a video store like in the basement of a home 
in like what? a 400 square foot space. This is like the house, Jason, like the movie, the house, but with videos. <laughs> literally. So somebody opened like a video store, but it really was just like literally probably three or 400 square feet. It was like, you know, very small. Kind of like my um, bedroom. And they just filled it full of movies and I could ride my bike to that place Whoa. because my town was so um, set off from, because my town was like a weird little island, you couldn't yeah. leave town to go to the video store without having to drive for Your, a long When period. you look at your town, it's similar to the way it looks like when you look at Rikers Island off of New York. It's like yes. a yes. very long bridge going out into the water. Yes. <laughs> a small little and island. And then a one square mile <laughs> yeah. island. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, so with no restaurants, no I feel like I have such lights. a clear image, Jason, of just like, I feel like it's always like cold and gray and yes. that there's no summer. And oh, no, there's definitely summer because it was like a summer town. Yeah, right. but like in a, my mind, it's freezing. Yes. And, yeah. and, well, and for a lot of that, year, like, it was. chill from the water that just like slices through your body. Oh, the wind was brutal. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> so I would ride my you in like a one room schoolhouse. Like, <laughs> yeah, <I> essentially, <laughs> yes. I mean, you're not wrong. Like a lot oh. of what you're saying was my child. My child, my, the town I grew up in felt like a Norman Rockwell town from like the 30s or 40s. And even in the 80s, it still felt like that. You know, it felt wow. like there was no, there was no stores. There was no streetlights. There was no nothing. It so felt you like, you know what it spend... felt like? It felt like Amity. It felt like the yeah. Jaws town, you know? So you couldn't spend on the weekends. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to go to the mall. Drop me off there. Categorically, no. Wow. You know, to go to the mall was like a 45 minute drive, you know. Um, now, eventually later, like it, when I work at The Gap, um, as a sales, you know, a sales as a sales specialist, a specialist. sales specialist, oh, yeah, yeah. that you, meant you were upgraded. You didn't start as a sales specialist. I didn't, but I was quickly upgraded because I was very good at selling people stuff. I was very good at getting people to buy stuff. So they were like, hey, you can forget about cashier. You can for don't don't do any of that stuff. Just keep convincing people to buy stuff. And I was wow. like, I can do that. Wow. And that's all I did. That's great. So my friend Matt McConkey, I remember when we were in college, he worked at the Gap um, just during the holiday hours. And his role, I'm trying to remember, it was something called like line wrangler. And his oh, job yeah. was to just organize the huh. lines. Oh, interesting. That were oh, okay. forming and make sure that people were standing in line the right way. Because oh, wow. Was... Oh, we didn't have that. Okay. We didn't have that. I just don't. We didn't. We probably didn't have that volume. Right. Um, the way that like a Long Island mall. Was he from Long Island as well? No, this was when we were oh. at NYU. It was in the city somewhere. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm but sorry. that yeah. was a big job because I remember like the H&M lines in New York City chaos. were in chaos. You couldn't tell where they started and where they ended. Um, a little bit like your Laserdisc story, Paul. Wow. Just wow. chaos. Wow. Full circle. Wow. Full circle. Well, I well, worked at a place in Long Island called Master of Furniture. Wait, huh. what? I don't I, even know if I knew Master this. of Furniture. I worked at a place called Master of, of Furniture. furniture and, oh, the owners were so like, this depressing. furniture is under control. Not We've furniture got to master. master it. Yeah, master of Furniture. And I worked for the master. So wow. I was. <laughs> was he a carpenter? This was originally what the Paul Thomas Anderson movie, The Master, was going to be about. <laughs> so I was. Um, I sat in the front, like there was a tiny little storefront area that had like a beautiful piece of antique furniture, um, like this giant chest and a rug, like a little tableau of furniture and a little tableau of like a living area. 
And then in the back was his warehouse where he worked on all this furniture. And I believe what he was doing was refurbishing and um, handling like high-end antique furniture and giving them new lives. But... So like a a furniture restore kind of... Restoration, essentially, yeah. 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 But he was like a one-man band and... I would sit at the front desk and I was just there to answer the phone. Now I worked from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. and the phone rang, I want to say, three times a day. (laughs) Okay. Great job. I had to sit there over the summer and I was directly on the route to the beach. And so all of my friends would drive by and see me in the storefront and I would watch them go to the beach and they would all like blast their music and scream at me from the road. And then I would watch them come home while I was just like literally watching life go by from the window of Master of Furniture. But there were a few weeks where these guys started calling and demanding their furniture back. And I would tell him, I would write down what they said because he would never get on the phone with Demanding it back? So I think because he was more of an artist than he was like a business person. Got it. He had this crazy backlog. And as the Uh, summer went on, a lot of the clients of Master of Furniture were getting more and more upset that their furniture was like a year late. Like something that was crazy. And so they started calling nonstop and screaming at me. <laughs> and I would always go back into the warehouse to tell him like, they're they're really upset. Like they sound, can I give them any information on when they can expect their furniture? And he was like, uh, in about a week. And then a week would come and go oh. and they wouldn't, um, it wouldn't be ready. And then, again, nobody came into the store. I never knew, like, where the transactions were happening because nobody right. came in there. He must have gone to pick up furniture. I feel like you're working for a mob front. Well. They, I was going to say, oh, this sounds well, like a front. And then one day, this fucking Long Island, like, monster pulls up in a black Mercedes, like a black Mercedes sedan, gets out with another guy and comes to the front of the store. And he's like, I want to speak to whoever this guy was, the master. And I was like, okay, just give me a second. And I went to the back and the master, I told him like, there's two guys here. Again, no customers ever showed up. Right, right, right. And he goes, okay, tell them I'll be right there. And then I go back into the front and I see out of the corner of my eye, the master get in his car in the driveway. This is like a away. movie scene. Whoa. That's yes. like a scene in a movie where you're like, he'll be right there. <laughs> Cat goes, meow. And again, and again, when I tell you this storefront, it was like me at a tiny desk with this chest. It was tiny. And these men were both <laughs> like, like Trump's tiny desk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there were two, uh, to describe these men, it was literally like two brown bears walked into this place. They were so big. And I sat there with them for about 45 minutes while they waited. Oh, they waited. And then I said, you know what? I think he must have run out. And they said, well, wait. 
And finally they left and I don't know what happened, but it was crazy. Some, something very bad was going something on with the master. Something sketchy was going on. Very yeah. bad was happening something with the master. Something sketchy was going on. That's, that's awesome. Oh, wow. That's like some real like mob, weird, Absolutely. crazy Long well, Island. Well, this is actually a great segue because this kind of mob, weird thing, I mean, maybe he was working with a gnome type of creature to create this furniture <laughs> potentially in the back and then these mobsters you know, do you seems think like, that the master of furniture was repairing the lumen i mean oh, it could lumen. be the lumen <laughs> people let's talk about this movie really i mean look we've been talking for about an hour <laughs> <laughs> um, holy shit and we've and, gotten like none of a gnome named norm done we've not even we've really only said the title a gnome named Norm. And I'm more than happy to continue this conversation. I mean, I don't no, know I'm, what to say. You know? I'm having I mean, a great time. That's the thing. I don't, I don't know what to say. What a big, big episode. I hope you enjoyed that deleted scene. And now, uh, now that we got Upworld and a gnome named Norm out of the way, let's talk about next week's movie. We are leaving LA and gnomes behind and jacking ourselves in to a new world order. That's right. Next week, we are watching Lawnmower Man 2, Beyond Cyberspace, a.k.a. Job's War. Uh, IMDb describes the plot of Lawnmower Man 2, which is a sequel to a film that we've already done here on this podcast, as Job exists as a uh, (laughs) malvolent uh, consciousness in a virtual reality world and seeks to discover the technology to hack into all of the world's computers. I'm going to tell you this. I watched that movie. That's the most succinct way of putting it. I could not have done that before I just read that. Let's take a listen to the trailer. Who's Joe? He was a lawnmower man. So my next door neighbor did some experiments with him and turned him into a genius. I am God here. Welcome to my world, Peter. He can destroy our world. He figures we'll have to turn to him as the new messiah in cyberspace. Jack in the new world order. Follow Joe. The material world will fade away. And only cyberspace will remain. All right, there's the trailer. If you're a completist, do you want to watch this movie? I'm going to say I really liked it because it was very insane in all the ways that we love uh, Street Fighter and uh, not what was the movie with Alyssa Milano and the kids who live in the subway. Like It has all those elements. Um, you, you can watch it. I think you'll watch it. Jason was disturbed by it. June did not like it. I, you know, Jason, I think, did say watch it. Anyway, you can watch Lone Mare Man 2. Beyond Cyberspace on Hoopla through your local library or on Google Play for $1.99 or on Vudu or on iTunes. So check out Lawnmower Man 2 if you dare. It's crazy and it's short and uh, there's some really good performances in it. Uh, And I think you'll make the episode more enjoyable because simply we lose our minds recording that episode. Um, That is it for today's show. Please remember to rate and review the show. It helps. Visit us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash HDTGM. Our Twitter is at HDTGM. And for all of the How Did This Get Made archives, sign up for Stitcher Premium uh, for a one-month free trial. You can use the code BONKERS, and that is commercial-free How Did This Get Made. New episodes, old episodes, every episode. You get it all if you sign up for Stitcher Premium. It's a one-month free trial using the code Bonkers, a big thank you to our super producer, Cody Fisher, our amazing sound engineer, uh, Devin Bryant, uh, our super number one, um, how did this get made 
don't know, and call her a potty. Um, Molly Reynolds, who is just killing it. And always our team here at Earwolf, which includes July Diaz, another number one potty. And everybody at Earwolf. And also a shout out to all the people who make this show run in general, which is uh, people like um, Kyle Waldron and the ghost of Craig T. Nelson, a.k.a. Uh, Zach McAleese, uh, and of course, Avril Halley. Uh, we will see you all next time for Lawnmower Man 2. I can't wait to talk to you more. And remember, if I've helped your problems, give me a call at 619-P-A-U-L-A-S-K and get ready for that Discord. Stay tuned, people. We're going to do this. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.